Remember, freedom is a gift from God. Choose to accept it, guard it, nourish it, share it with your loved ones. Don't let anyone take it from you. Choose to be free. Learn how to choose freedom with your host, Dr. Baruch Platner. Perhaps uh, less known uh, rituals in Judaism is the ritual of Havdalah, literally separation or discrimination, drawing a line between. And uh, uh, this ritual occurs every Saturday night when we say goodbye to the Holy Sabbath and welcome the regular humdrum, mundane, not particularly holy days of the week. Uh, 24 hours or so before on Friday night we welcome the Sabbath as a queen of holiness and then we tell her goodbye until the next week. And why is this important? It's important because all civilization is in fact discrimination. Civilization is impossible without boundaries that are um, clearly drawn and jealously defended. Boundaries are the essence of civilization and uh, as a corollary the effacement of boundaries, the destruction of boundaries, is the destruction of civilization. What are the boundaries of civilization most commonly? The boundary between holy and profane is one of them. And there are many examples of that. There are times set aside in our lives, not only as Jews, but also as Christians, Muslims, uh, Buddhists, uh, I don't know much about uh, uh, those other religions, but there are times set in our lives in which we contemplate the holy, we contemplate God and what God means to us. And then there are times when we go about our other pursuits such as uh, business, pleasure, and so on. Uh, the other boundary is between us and the other. So for example, between Jews and the nations. And in fact, there is a blessing in Judaism uh, that thanks God for separating Jews from the nations. And I'm not saying it uh, being a Jew in some sort of conceited way. I think every nation, every civilized nation, feels a little bit superior to other nations. You know how the Brits call the French frogs, you know. And um, in fact, many Christians, especially those Christians that settled uh, North America in the 17th, 18th centuries, saw themselves as kind of real Jews. They saw the, what I would call real Jews, in other words, my ancestors, as having, as having um, denied their own uh, 
inheritance, their own blessing by not accepting Jesus Christ, and they saw themselves as the new Jews. And that's why you see so many names from the Old Testament given to villages and towns all, all over New England, for example. Uh, and because they saw themselves as, 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 as the holy chosen people. Okay, so this separation between myself, between in other words my tribe and the other tribes is the core is a cornerstone of civilization. It's very important. It's completely okay, in fact it's necessary for civilization to feel that your tribe has you know a lot of great merits and is in fact kind of superior to the other tribes. You know, if you're a patriotic American, you may feel that America, at least how it used to be, is superior to other countries, and, and you wouldn't be wrong. You know, as an Israeli patriot, for example, I feel that Israel may be superior to other countries in many ways, and that's completely okay. That doesn't mean that I think that other people who are non-Jews or other countries are, you know, undeserving of existence, not at all. But it's part of being civilized to feel superior. It really is. Um, so there, oh, there's all these boundaries. There's bound, for example, that there's a very important boundary between what's mine and what isn't. In other words, what is my property and what is not my property. And the crossing of that line is a crime that destroys civilization. One of the reasons that, or one of the markers of pre-civilizational tribal societies is that they, more often than not, do not have the concept of land ownership. So they don't have, you know, la land registries and, 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 and a process for buying, selling, and bequeathing land transferring it to future generations. But it's precisely that concept that defines civilization. And, and without the concept of land ownership, there can be no civilization. Because nobody is going to put in the tremendous effort that is needed to amass capital if you cannot attach this capital to something real, meaning land, and then bequeath this land to your progeny. If you cannot do that, then um, there's no point in it. So the, the Old Testament from the very earliest uh, uh, beginnings of it in, in, in Genesis talks about how Abraham bought for good money, um, can't remember to my shame how much, how many shekels exactly, maybe 40, uh, the cave of Machpelah in perpetuity. So it belonged to him and through him to us, to Jews, to all of his descendants, again in perpetuity, since we have never sold it. So um, boundaries are key to civilization and one of the um, more jarring scenes that we saw in this total freak show that America is becoming uh, in this week, during this week, was uh, this mob that broke down a boundary. They broke down a wrought iron gate, which was clearly marked 
private no trespassing and they trespassed <clears throat> on property that was not theirs into this affluent gated community in St. Louis and they proceeded to uh, behave in a menacing manner causing this couple the McCloskeys um, to come out of their uh, very nice house uh, armed and um, defended in fact uh, with a th at least a threat of the force of arms now the it's a shame that this is happening in America of course but the more interesting um, thing here is how it is being perceived in America and there are two very different perceptions so I'll tell you mine my perception is that that thin invisible line that was being defended by Mr. and Mrs. McCloskey is the line between civilization and the abyss of mayhem, chaos, and death. Okay, the McCloskeys have are civilized. So on that side, on their side of that line, there was civilization, there was life. The people who broke down that gate and were walking down that street were uncivilized and they bring with them chaos, destruction, and death. Now, the reason I say that, and somebody would say, the other side of this uh, argument would say, would see something completely different. What they see is, on the side of the McCloskeys, overprivileged people who achieved their considerable financial success, not by their own uh, hard work, but because they were elevated to it by circumstances of birth, such as uh, the color of their skin their, and um, perhaps uh, having been born to uh, normal uh, families, meaning with father, mother, and so on. I don't know anything about their background, but that's what's considered privilege now in America, I guess, right? And then the same people, they say, well, on the other side of that line were the righteous people who are protesting against being underprivileged. Well, that's all good and well, except it's not true. Nobody in America is underprivileged. These people who broke down these gates and were marching down the street, regardless of the circumstances of their, of their birth or their skin color, which was predominantly black, could have gone, stayed in school, could have done homework instead of not doing it and doing other things. They could have, uh, with, with the help of plentiful affirmative action in America today, gotten to the best universities on scholarship, and they could have become lawyers just, the, just like the McCluskeys did, and they could have been as successful in every possible way, and they could have bought a mansion right next door to the one McCloskeys have bought apparently 30 years ago when it was rather dilapidated and restored. So in other words, these same black people that were 
behaving as uncivilized hordes, they were they did not come from you know the Congo Republic. They're Americans. So they had every privilege, every privilege. They just chose to not take advantage of it. In other words, they made the choice of not benefiting from the fruits of civilization that have become so distilled, so elevated and so available in America to every American citizen and even every American resident, regardless of citizenship today. So um, that's what we have. That's what we have, folks. We have a situation in which there are these anti-civilizational civilizational forces that to, that are using discrimination. They, they, they gave the word discrimination a bad name. But actually, discrimination is the absolute cornerstone of civilization. Discrimination is wonderful because without it, we all become one big blob in which the basest instincts of humanity reign supreme. Now, in reality, the people that believe that, in other words, the people that believe uh, truly that discrimination is bad, are only a passing phase. They are the, the cannon fodder, the useful idiots of other people who, who do not for a second believe that discrimination or boundaries or walls are bad. They're just using these <clears throat> people like the ones that walked by the McCloskey's house as disposable soldiers, as cannon fodder, like I just said. Why? Because they want to take power. So what happens in every kind of revolution, be it in China, in Russia, in Cuba, in um, uh, Venezuela, in anywhere you, 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 want, you want to say, what happens is there are certain elites and then uh, there, there, there are other elites who feel like those elites who, who are now in power should not be there. And they want that power, they want those riches, and they take... Um, they use uh, propaganda, uh, weaponized propaganda, get prop and other tricks. Uh, for example, uh, control of education, of the legal system, and now in America also of um, big business, especially in technology. They use all of this to uh, substantially overthrow the existing regime and take power. So in America, if things progress as they are now seeming to progress, <clears throat> there will be simply a situation in which people like the McCloskeys, who worked hard all their lives and helped people, I, I believe they're uh, personal injury lawyers, so they help people recoup against those who did them harm and so on. So anyway, people like that, let's call them middle to upper, upper middle classes, will be, uh, who are now, uh, up until now, have been the power in America, they will be overthrown by deep staters, professional uh, government employees, uh, big tech oligarchs, 
uh, and so on. Uh, there will be a period uh, of some violence. It's already happening. Um, it's difficult to predict how long and how violent that period will be. But there will be a period of mayhem, violence, <clears throat> uh, chaos, uh, destruction of monuments, destruction of priceless historical uh, artifacts, um, burning of books, all of this is already happening. But America will not descend into a non-civilizational state. Instead, it will just be more like China or Russia. There will be these ruling elites again occupying the mansions, again behind walls, and then there will be everybody else. Paradoxically, and that's what people kind of fail to understand about communism, wealth will become much more concentrated in the, in the hands of the elites when America is communist, Bolshevik, Nazi, as opposed to now. So communism does not distribute wealth, it concentrates it in the, in the hands of the few at the expense of the many. Okay, and that's why we should do everything possible to, net, to not let it uh, become a thing in America, to not, we should not, to, to not let communism win in America. That's what we have to focus on because if we do let it win, it's going to be curtains, folks. Uh, join me for the next segment. Did you know the average person spends 26 years of their life sleeping? The real troubling statistic is that we spend seven years of our life trying to get to sleep, struggling with racing minds, tossing and turning. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, the time to change is now. Sleep is proven to extend our lifespan, protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner, feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance. Until now, most sleep supplements haven't worked, but a new easy-to-swallow sleep gel invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM Sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM sleep, visit HealthyCell.com sleep. That's Healthy, C-E-L-L, dot com slash sleep. In the previous segment, we talked about how civilization is all about boundaries. In fact, the walled city is the symbol of civilization, or at least used to be. The idea of being able to contain your cultural treasures, your property, your most important people, your priests, your nobility, your artisans, and defend them against those marauding hordes, that's the whole concept of civilization. And it hasn't changed. But there is another um, boundary, another boundary that we have not discussed in the previous segment, and um, it's one of the most important ones, and it's one that the breach of which has been perhaps the most egregious in uh, bringing us to the civilizational collapse that we are witnessing today in the West. 
and that boundary is between the pure and the impure and actually all cultures including even the tribal pre-civilizational ones uh, have this concept of purity but the ancient civilizations the, like the one in India have brought this concept um, further and it exists there's echoes of it in uh, the Judeo-Christian tradition for example in the Jewish laws of what to eat and not to eat dietary laws called kashrut so purity deals with the most fundamental aspects of what it means to be a human a civilized human and there are uh, several of them one is food so we all know that uh, traditionally there are foods that are pure and those that are impure and in the Torah it, uh, it, it talks for example about this practice of taking meat from a live animal which is still prevalent in parts of Africa and tribal societies for example drinking bleeding live cows and drinking their blood that is forbidden in the Torah also of course uh, uh, pigs pork are considered impure and so on so what we put in our bodies makes a difference from the purity perspective the other uh, dimension of purity is of course sex and our sexual behavior and there is not much difference really in uh, various uh, cultures various societies various civilizations approaches to what constitutes pure and impure sex sex between members of a close family what we call incest is impure to the point that it's one of the three things which in Judaism one should sacrifice one's life for rather than transgress and there are of course deep-seated reasons for that that are that we now understand from the genetic perspective uh, interestingly in ancient Egypt this wasn't so uh, the Egyptian kings often married their sisters and uh, for the, the effects were quite deleterious and, and the same was true in um, kind of middle age early renaissance Europe where a lot of these uh, ruling dynasties were quite inbred but generally speaking there are, there are strong taboos against incestual uh, sexual relations the other taboo is against um, homosexuality against sexual relations between men and other men uh, then there are taboos against bestiality which are also from the Torah uh, from the Bible and for obvious reasons so when it comes to sex to food those are things that are very um, inherent in our very being we as all humans have a kind of a gag reflex so if you pardon my language when we smell excrement uh, we want to vomit and this is an evolutionary uh, response that's built into us 
Why? Because excrement contains dangerous bacteria and um, coming into close contact with it can be very deleterious to our health. Now, if you're like me, a straight heterosexual male, when you see homosexual relations like two men kissing, you want to vomit as well. And I believe that that is a natural response for all heterosexual males. It's just that this response had been criminalized to the point where our big frontal lobes tell us that if we externalize this response, you know, bad things will befall us and therefore we try to pretend like homosexual sex is as pure as heterosexual and the reality of, of this is that it is not. Homosexual sex is impure in the same sense that excrement is impure. It is deleterious to life. In other words, it is uh, on the side of death and it is anti-life, it is anti-everything that is good or pure in, in, in the world. Um, in a big part, the collapse of Western civilization started with the acceptance of male homosexuality. And I know that this is a very unpopular opinion perhaps today, uh, but it is true. You know, when it comes to America specifically, and the collapse of the Western civilization, of course, is substantially the collapse of the American civilization, because America had become so powerful and all-consuming when it comes to the West. Well, in America, the conservative movement was supposedly the guardian of civilization, the guardian of those time-honored values that allowed America to become what it was, allowed the West to become what it was, the most powerful force for good, for scientific advancement, for spiritual advancement, for liberty, and for prosperity in the world. But, uh, starting maybe in the 1970s, the American conservatives decided that this arena of pure versus impure was not an arena that they wanted to fight in. So they basically uh, gave it up to the enemy, to the progressive communists, uh, to the liberals. They abandoned it without a fight. And their motto was that what happens between consenting adults and the privacy of their own bedroom was none of anyone's concern. But what I want to tell you is that this is the main thing that we should be concerned with. What goes on in bedrooms is the foundation of civilization. And when we do not concern ourselves with it, when we stop conserving, conser concerning ourselves with, with that, we are substantially giving up on civilization. Um, 
you know, so, uh, humans have always, human civilizations have always concerned themselves very deeply with what goes on between consenting adults in the privacy of their own bedrooms. This is true, if you read the Torah, it's, it's, it's in the story about Noah, it's in the story about uh, Abraham, it's, it's in every foundational story, in every foundational myth on which civilization is built has something to do with what goes on between consenting adults in the privacy of their tents, their bedrooms, behind closed doors. And there is a big, there's a good reason for that, because all civilization is built upon families. And there is no other family than a union between a man and a woman. An exclusive union between a man and a woman, even though some earlier civilizations certainly allowed for polygamy. But it was a very structured polygamy. If you read the story about, for example, Jacob, how he had his two wives, uh, Leah and uh, Rachel, but he also had two concubines. So there were different uh, gradations of that and different differences in status. And uh, it was all very, very structured and well understood. And everybody, now interestingly enough, I'm just as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking about this, the European kings, not, you know, in, in not very deep antiquity, for example, at the time of Louis XIV in um, 18th century, uh, when they got uh, married, their nuptials, in other words, their first night with their uh, fresh, uh, freshly minted wives was a public affair people were standing around the bed observing because it was important what was going on there and because this consummation of a heterosexual relationship between a man who was the symbol for all men all men in his kingdom and the woman was the foundational, creational event in that kingdom. And, that, and the production of the air was symbolic of, of life, of the production of every air in every family from the poorest peasant and his wife to the king and in the queen. So when the American conservatives gave up on that, when they allowed us to go into this infernal abyss of first accepting homosexuality as yet another mode of human sexuality that was acceptable, and then to homosexual marriage, and then to transgenderism, uh, which is a fake thing since gen gender obviously can never be changed. What, what, the, what the American conservatives did with, and the European ones I guess, but that's beside the point, what these people did was they pointed the gun at their own heads and pulled the trigger. And once that trigger was pulled, and once those 
that wall between purity and impurity was breached, there was nothing to be done anymore. It was finished. You know, I don't know if you guys are hunters, but when you shoot a buck, right, and you feel dress it, what, you know, what, what are you most careful about, right? What is that? And what you're, what you're most careful about when you feel de dressing a buck is to not nick the bile bladder, that, that little pocket of green bile. And that's why you have all these knives that have that little curve behind them. And so you don't accidentally, as you gut the deer, you don't accidentally puncture that little pocket of bile. Why? Because bile contains all the impurities in that animal. They're biologically processed and deposited in that little pocket of green mucousy liquid. And it's so potent that once that thin membrane is breached and that substance is allowed to leak out, the entirety of the animal, maybe there is, you know, half an ounce of bile and then, you know, 100 pounds of meat will be ruined immediately. And you know this. The moment it's nicked, there's nothing that can be done. The whole meat is contaminated. It's, all you can do is throw it out. That is the whole idea of the wall between purity and impurity, between what is pure and what is impure. We have to guard that thin membrane very, very jealously because once it's punctured, our fate is sealed, our civilization is gone. And guess what? It's too late. We failed to guard it. That's already done. So there are societies in the world today, civilizational societies like China, Russia, Japan, India, in which homosexuality, for example, let alone all the other even crazier stuff, is utterly unacceptable. Just the way it should be. And those societies, by the way, Islam as well. And that's why Islam, Russia, China, all the non-Western civilizations are winning, are winning. And they're going to take over physically the domains of the West. I'm talking about North America, I'm talking about Western Europe. This will happen. The pockets of European civilizations that as yet stand, that are still standing and are still refusing to accept homosexuality as pure, those are the pockets where Western civilization may yet survive, and I'm talking about small countries like Poland and Hungary. Unfortunately, my home country of Israel followed in the footsteps, at least the secular part of it, in the footsteps of the acceptance of homosexuality, and that may yet spell its doom yet again. So the doom of what we call the third temple, the third resurgence of Jewish independence in the land of Israel, which was won with so many sacrifices, may yet fall because of Israel's acceptance of homosexuality, transgenderism, and so on, at least again by the secular uh, majority or pretend majority even. And yet, no, nonetheless, it's, it's, it's there, it's accepted. So, what do we do with 
impurities. What's the important thing to know about impurities? And we'll talk more about this in the next segment. But the most important part about impurities is to stay the heck away. You know, when you see a piece of excrement on the, uh, on, on, on the uh, sidewalk, what do you do? You know, you, when you see that stink right there, you do not approach it. You avert your nose, you avert your eyes. You don't even want to see it, let alone smell it, come close enough to smell it or to touch it, God forbid. So what you do is you avoid it. You cross the street, maybe you hug the wall, you know, the, 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 go to the, to, the, to the side where the buildings are or the opposite way. Oh, you do whatever it takes. You avoid it. Stay with me for the next and final segment. Spreading the outlaw truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. To unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. We are the vision of the voices. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Welcome back to the show, folks. And I will come back to this point about <coughs> civilization and boundaries, especially the one between what is pure and what is impure. But I want to start the segment with the etymological root of the word fascism. Um, fascism comes from the old uh, Indo-European root for a bundle of sticks, like firewood sticks, uh, called fasces, F-A-S-C-E-S, or in uh, Old English, faggot. And I'm, I don't know why this word also became a slur word for homosexuals, but a faggot is a bundle of firewood. And um, how is this related to fascism? Well, the ancient Romans uh, used the symbolism of a faggot, in other words, a, a bundle of sticks, to symbolize that individuals coming together 
are much more difficult to break just like a bundle of wood would be than each individual by himself just as each stick would be so the symbol of uh, the ancient Roman Empire became a, an axe, a kind of like a, a lumberjack's axe, whose uh, handle or the handle of which was embedded inside of a faggot, a firewood. And uh, then there was elaboration on that with various bundles of arrows and so on, and that is still very much a part of the American Republican imagery that was inherited from the Roman, or copied from the Roman uh, Republican imagery. So we talked earlier in this, in other episodes of this show, about how the Roman Republic and the that has since fallen, and the American Republic that since has since fallen as well, both were. Uh, reliant upon strong empowered individuals <clears throat> so how does that come together how does that uh, how can you combine that uh, or reconcile that with the idea of facies of this bundle well like everything else in life you're talking about balance you're talking about on one hand having each stick in the bundle retain its individuality. On the other hand, those sticks willingly coming together to form a bundle, a society, a republic, so that they can better face the challenges that will definitely uh, come their way. Okay, and um, it's a, it's a delicate balance and the American founding fathers have written endlessly and with much wisdom about this. But, you know, so you can look at the symbol of fasces as from two sides. One is the togetherness of it, but the other is the independence of it or the aloneness of it, of each stick. So they the, the idea is not for these sticks to come together to the point where they form a single tree branch or a single <clears throat> tree, but rather be bundled together somewhat lightly so that they retain their individuality while still being strong as a collective. Now, fascists in uh, early 20th, 20th century Europe, Germany and Italy, and uh, Spain later, <clears throat> they adopted the symbolism because to them, the state, uh, this idea that the fasces, that faggot, that bundle represented the state was supreme to every other consideration. So, so, in short, fascism is the same as statism and the opposite of republicanism. Uh, now, fascism has become such a curse word in a sense or such a, such a uh, loaded with so much um, 
adverse um, meaning because, of course, of what the fascists did in Europe uh, in the 30s and the 40s. Uh, substantially because they engaged in genocide uh, against the Jews and uh, against uh, other people like the Gypsies, or as they say today, the Roma, and so on. But, but that is somewhat uh, beside the point. The, the point is that fascists, communists, socialists are all part and parcel of the same idea of statism. Okay, And this idea is rapidly gaining steam in the world. The idea of republicanism, the idea of the individual stake is now in total decline everywhere in the world because that idea uh, really ever existed only in the West and only for a brief while. Um, now, the idea of a republic of empowered individuals relies in its entirety on said individuals being highly moral beings. In other words, beings that are substantially staying on the pure side of life and eschewing the impure side of life. When that totally collapsed in the aftermath of the Second World War and more so with the liberal wave of the 60s and the 70s. In other words, when Westerners gave up on the idea of morality, on the idea of staying away from the excrement of homosexuality, for example, as well as pedophilia, child pornography, and so on, when Sweden is a good example of that, when it abandoned its roots as a rather austere Puritan, highly religious, highly moral society, which it had been for many centuries, and all of a sudden in 1960s it decided to become the absolute mecca for every kind of sexual depravity, well, when that happens, there is no future. And the only outcome of that is oblivion. So what we see now in Sweden and in the, um, all over Scandinavia, other places in Western Europe, is that this cart, which was once loaded with holy scripture, but became, but what they were busy doing for the past 50, 60 years, was metaphorically throwing out of the cart the holy scripture and filling the cart with excrement, well, when that cart encounters the cart of Islam, which as heavily loaded as it is with slavery, with violence, yet retains the vestiges or retains the core of morality, still, and, and I don't say it lightly because I am hardly a proponent of Islam as a political force. Nevertheless, 
Islam still retains that Abrahamic morality that that was so prevalent in the West, whereas the the West itself totally disavowed that part of its heritage. Well, when those two forces collide, there is no question which force will win, and it is not the one that chose to be to wallow in the mire. Okay. Because nature doesn't care so much about, you know, the niceties. Nature says, listen, are you on the side of death or are you on the side of life? Because I, nature, am on the side of life. I'm all about propagating those genes. And we all know that those genes cannot be propagated in the way that homosexuals do it. And that's really all that matters. The rest, as far as nature is concerned, is footnotes at best and nature is by far stronger than any musings of any human on the planet so nature will win and with it will win and are now winning the forces of islam and the forces of statism in china in russia and other places and that's just what's going on Can America have a spiritual reawakening like it actually had a couple of times before? From what we can all see happening right now, this seems to be entirely unlikely because, simply because, there are no leaders that that point the way to that and to that awakening to that rebirth the churches in america the christian churches in america have all succumbed to the progressive filth in other words they're full of impurity nobody hardly and hardly anybody really is preaching the path of righteousness of purity maybe there are a couple people most Americans, that's by far the most, inter- the most important thing, and the, and the saddest, the, 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 the saddest part of it is that most Americans are impossible to redeem now from this perspective of purity versus impurity. So what do we do? It's just a situation. So if you yet wish to remain pure in America, if you want to avoid stepping into that pile of excrement, what can you do? Well, I mean, the, the best way to do, the, the only thing that you can do right now is leave. Leave. So if you are living in places that for example, like San Francisco, which is the, which has become, in itself, that whole city has become a pile of excrement. If you live in New York, which is rapidly following in its footsteps, in other places of that kind, my suggestion is consider leaving. Try to find a place that maybe in the countryside, <clears throat> in suburbia, in exurbia 
maybe yet some locales exist that reject impurity that allow you to live a righteous pure life distance yourself physically from impurity and as a corollary to that distance yourself spiritually from impurity allow yourself to be disgusted revisit your gag reflex your gag reflex is there for a reason when you see something that's utterly gross admit it even if society pushes you to say oh no that's just fine when I see two men kiss I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I want to vomit okay the same way I want to vomit when I smell excrement if you're like me admit it to yourself admit it to yourself say it to your children say it to your wife to your spouse to your husband say out loud I don't like that that is impure it's an in inimical to life <clears throat> it is inimical to happiness it is inhuman and inhumane say it by saying it you will liberate yourself <clears throat> spiritually intellectually from the clutches of homosexual propaganda which is nothing but a shower of filth that you've been showered with for many decades now but you don't have to be you can create a force field around you just by saying you know what this is not rain this is excrement okay that's what it is once you understand that once you're once you have the courage to say it it cannot touch you anymore the whole concept the whole reason civilization is built has built this wall between purity and impurity is because our physical and spiritual survival depends on the rejection of impurity and of leading as much as we can a pure life now we are all sinners and we all transgress and we all more often than we should choose the path of impurity and yet at least in the past when people did that they felt guilty they felt bad about that about doing that and that feeling of guilt is a foundational value for civilization and for civilized behavior and for civilized human beings guilt is good if you do something that's bad impure <coughs> If you cheat on your spouse, for example, spouse, for example, or, um, well, you know what I'm talking about. Feel guilty. Don't do it. But if you have lapsed, 
feel guilty about it. If you have allowed this <clears throat> propaganda that is washing over you every day to reach in, to, to, to send its, <clears throat> to metastasize into your spirit, into your brain, rejected by feeling guilty that you were so weak as to allow it to do so. That's the most important part. You can free yourself simply by saying no. I will not accept this. This is wrong. Join me for the next program. Choose to be free, my friends.